0: Well, good morning, church. <clears throat> I just want to start by praying. So if join with me. Oh, Father God, you, the Almighty One, and yet you, the one who is so close, who is here this morning, I thank you for the way that you've already been speaking. Lord, even before we came this morning, you've been speaking. And I thank you for the way that you are confirming through already this morning the things that are being shared and spoken. And so, Father, as I come, as I bring the word that I believe you're bringing, that you've laid on my heart, Father, I just pray that it would be your voice that we hear this morning. So I thank you in your precious and powerful name, Jesus. And I pray, too, that through what is spoken and shared through the rest of this morning, that chains would be broken Because I know you want to speak and I know you want to bring freedom and release this morning. So I thank you that you're doing that even now, Lord. So thank you in your powerful name, Jesus. Amen. So as we're continuing the series of tools of the trade, I've been asked to speak on prophecy this morning. But before I start, I want to ask the question, how are you going using the tools that God has given to each of us have you had any kairos moments do you remember what the, the word kairos means god's time that's right god moments so i just wondered is there anybody who wants to share perhaps of some instances that you've had thus far of actually god intervening and you stepping in to some things that he's wanting you to do is there anybody who wants to share
1: i was reflecting on it the other day We'd been looking for a mainly music um, thing to take to Eleanor to for six months, I suppose. The the follow one's full. There was one at Cranbourne and I was, oh, no, I don't really want to go to Cranbourne. Not that Cranbourne's a bad place. but. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, for some reason, Shell looked up mainly music and, and, and there was one at Beaky Baps, um, which we had no idea about. And Anyway, we went the first day, first time there and there was a guy there that that, that led it, and and Grant, and he was awesome. Um, really, just a lovely, lovely kid. Anyway, turned out he was a family and kids pastor at Bicky Baps. Come out over the last couple of couple of times I've been, just because I've got such a, a strong heart for the church, the, God's church, the the whole whole lot of us, each and every building in Kardinia Shire. Such a strong heart for the unity in that space, and. There's been some amazing opportunities, yes, after we've done all the little kid stuff, afterwards we've sat down in the middle of the, once all the, cause the kids have their little snacks and the mothers talk and I look around the room going, oh, I'm not too interested in the little chit-chats, but Grant and I, and he gets around everybody as well, but Grant and I have had some amazing opportunities to chat and, and just share my heart and and that, heart of unity for the churches just to, for him I think as well because he's actually they don't have a, a, a head pastor there at the moment he's sort of running the show um, just for him to be encouraged he's been blown away by just what I've been able to give to him but I've also been blown away by what he's been given to me in terms of that space so just allowing those times I think God led me to that that opportunity but um, just instead of going oh we're just in a room full of mum and kids uh, we better not talk about this stuff. We better not pray. Well, I know I asked him, can I put hands on you and can pray for you last week, and he was absolutely no worries. We're in a room full of other people, you know, more conservative than us, and just um, just go, um, going for it basically. And it was a really cool space, a really encouraging space, not just for him but for me coming back the other way as well. So yeah, it was a it was a really great opportunity and just allowing God to say, you know, saying God, what do you want me here for? What am I doing here? Besides the obvious, um, where is the other stuff that I could speak into? That was a really cool cool, cool, uh, sort of moment. And there's a few more, but I won't take up Kate's time.
0: Yeah, that's good, Simon. Just that availability, isn't it? That's where it starts with us being available. And asking the question of God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? Is there anybody else who might like to share? Um, A couple of
2: weekends ago, I went to a conference... And I just had, there was a spare seat next to me and I was like, well, whoever sits in that seat I'm going to like talk to and find out what God wants to do there. But um, basically the lady who sat next to me was thinking about doing counselling but she didn't think um, she would have enough time for it and everything but I was able to encourage her and share about my course that I was
3: doing. So I thought that was a really awesome thing. It's Great. Who's
0: beside us?
3: I'm beside Mel. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Um, uh, I don't know how I'm going to say this. Um, I'm going to jump out the front. <laughs> Not many of you people know, I guess. Actually, probably a few of you know. I work at Subway in Warrigal. And I have to say that I wasn't too keen on the idea. I didn't want to work in Subway. It doesn't sound too like it's a franchise. I don't like franchise. I was talking to Lisa about this. Um, but God called me there and he's like, this is where I want you to be. And he's like beyond the job like you're here for the people and over the last eight nine months I've been working there I've really seen like being able to speak to people about God there and um, having the conversations as I'm making people sub because you have to spend a lot of people like time with people like making their sandwiches in their like customized way and I just am like how are you tell me about your life while I'm making this sandwich and I've had some really awesome like opportunities to speak into people's lives and encourage them and actually um, I guess show that they're loved and cared for and that they've got somebody to listen to even if I just happen to be a subway person Um, and some people that's all they have which is really sad so oh my goodness my heart's racing. I don't know as soon as you said have you got any Kairos moments I was like oh no because I do um (laughs) Um, god is just that good anyway the other night I was actually closing and this guy that um he's quite cynical about faith I guess he's come in and asked me about stuff before um, because he found out that I was a Christian when I told him I'd go to church on the weekends and he came in and he was he was telling me about why he ate what he ate because I was serving him meatballs and he's like, I just want like a good physique and everything, and I'm like, well, you're in Subway, but you know, that's all good. Um, and he's like, and I was like, why do you, why do you care about your physique so much? Like, why is it so important? And he's like, well, I guess it's the way I get worth because I feel like I'm not good enough at anything, um, but I can be good in this. And inside of me, I was just screaming like, you need Jesus, <laughs> and I was so close to, I was so close of just like telling him straight up but I paused. I was like I'll listen to him a little bit for more before I tell him that because you know you gotta listen to people and it was so awesome like he just started opening up about that and um I was like dude like God really like loves you and cares about you and values you and like he was talking about religion and the things that he had problems with and like I was like answering a couple of his questions and stuff but it was awesome because he was so present and he was just like, you know, when you can see people are really there and listening to you and soaking up everything you're saying. And like it sounded really cheesy to tell like him like, oh, you're valued by God and everything. But it's not. It's actually the truth. And he was taking that that on and just like, he was like, oh, thank you. And I got to talk to him for like 20 minutes and it was incredible. And I was behind in my clothes but I was like this is for Jesus and like this is worth it. Yeah, it was cool I think before that I was actually by myself in the store and I was just worshipping and praying to God. And I was like well I might as well make the most of the time that I'm not doing anything. Um, And it was cool that that came straight afterwards and that like that opportunity to speak into somebody's life and actually tell them like that God loves you and that also for them to see that I was actually genuine in my faith and that I genuinely loved Jesus because he was like, wow, she's just telling me all this stuff. Like, and she's, she just had to serve me a sandwich. Like, why is she doing this? But you could see that he saw um, through me that I valued him and it was just epic. Anyway, that's done. I'm done. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's so encouraging, isn't it? And I love the way that, that Heidi, it was out of that place of worship ...that God then brought about that opportunity to speak into that one's life. So this morning, as I said, I'm um, going to be speaking on the topic of prophecy. One of the spiritual gifts that, that God has given to us, his people. And not just to be using within the church. That's a large part of it. But beyond that, to his creation... Acts chapter 2, verses 17 to 18. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Even on your servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit. ...and they will prophesy. I believe that we are in those last days. And I believe that God is in fact pouring out his spirit. So before I start, I want to share a little bit of even just my journey... ...in getting to here this morning. Because I think it has um, a message in that for you. When as navigators we met a couple of months ago and we were been praying about what the next series would be and Matt was sharing what God was really sort of laying on his heart and revealing to him and he'd worked out broken down the areas of the gifts and we were coming together to share in terms of what we had been praying about who might be the right ones to to share so we came to that meeting and as we worked our way down we got to prophecy and I was asked if I would be willing to step in and preach on that and everything in me was like I don't want to do this and yet I hadn't actually shared this but prior to um, coming that night God was actually already beginning to show me that this was something he was laying on my heart and wanting me to step into but as I went away well I, I said my response in that moment was can I go away and pray about it and as I did, as I took time just to, to wait upon the Lord and it was in one, one morning I remember just sitting with the Lord and I wasn't necessarily even focused on asking the Lord about this area but he spoke to me through his word very clearly and he said, go forward for I am with you. Is it uncomfortable? Absolutely. I'm not exactly comfortable being up here this morning. Is it bigger than me? Yes. But it's not about me. It's actually about him and I'm bringing his message, I'm not bringing mine. So I think when we start to actually understand that, it actually can bring some freedom and some release because too often we make it about us and I'm pretty good at doing that when in fact he just wants us to be focused on him. So I'm here this morning not because, and one of my things was, There are so many other people who could do this, I think, far better than I could. I don't really feel qualified. And God spoke into that and he said, Kate, you are qualified because I'm calling you to do this. And therefore, I will equip you and I will enable you. Sadly, I think too often that's what we do. We look at, oh, but there's so many other people who could do something better than I could. That's a lie. So I'm still learning. So this morning, as I share, this is, this is a bit of my journey, what God's been teaching me. But as I said, as I sat before the Lord and I asked him what he wanted me to share this morning, this is what he's given me. And my prayer is that, that it would be his voice of truth that you hear this morning and that the lies that perhaps we've been taking on would actually be broken and dispelled that more than anything you would hear his heart for you and out of that his heart for the ones out there so as i prayed actually i'll start by reading ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 to 13 which is going which talks about the gifts but i actually wanted to read a bit more of the passage around The gifts to give some context and again to just give the complete picture a better better picture of where paul was coming from in writing this from ephesians chapter 4 as a prisoner for the lord then i urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received be completely humble and gentle be patient bearing with one another in love But to each one of us grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says when he ascended on high he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So as we read there, prophets are in amongst others and this is about the unity, I guess walking out the unity that Jesus lived with his father and with his spirit. So in praying through what to share this morning, God actually brought me back to start with his heart and that is his desire and pursuit for intimate relationship with us. God is a God of relationship. And we see this from the beginning of scripture, from Genesis through to Revelation. Genesis 2, we look at God creating mankind to reflect him. But also, because his heart is To be in relationship. We read on that that relationship was broken through man rebelling when the fruit was taken from the tree that God specifically had said, You can eat from any other tree, but don't eat from that one. And then God initiating and fulfilling his plan to restore us back into relationship with himself. And he does this through Old Testament prophets preparing the way for Jesus. The one who we read in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, the wonderful counsellor, the mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace. Jesus, the one who drew close to us in coming to earth and then sending his spirit when he returned to heaven to actually dwell within us. And preparing us for eternity with him. So God's desire is to speak and to reveal himself in and through his creation. And he hasn't changed. We read his word, prophecy, his word. We see him speaking constantly, calling people, speaking through them. He's still that same God. So in looking at the spiritual gifts, Father God is actually the source of those gifts. Gifts come from, out of the relationship with him. They're used to display him. They're used to communicate his heart, his love. As believers and followers of Jesus, we're exhorted, we're encouraged. As we see in 1 Corinthians 14 to follow the way of love, I love that, and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Or as the message reads, go after a life of love as if your life depended on it because it does. Give yourself to the gift, gifts God gives you. Most of all, try to proclaim his truth. It's out of God's desire for relationship with him that he encourages us to eagerly desire that gift of prophecy. We often hear to, yes, especially desire the gift of prophecy, desire the greater gifts. And as I thought about that, I thought, why is that? And I actually believe part of that is because of God's heart in wanting to be in relationship, in wanting to speak. To us, in wanting to speak to His creation, yes, it's it's a gift too. As Joel reminded us last week, where we have a, a great accountability because we are bringing God's message. We're bringing something from the Lord, and we therefore need to be very, very careful and handle that that wisely. I believe that that at the heart of that is is God's desire for relationship with him and that that desire actually needs to be first and foremost sometimes i think we can get the area of spiritual gifts a little bit around the wrong way we actually need to be desiring him first and being in relationship with him first more than the gifts so if god desires to speak and to reveal himself to us and and through us to his creation and he hasn't changed what's going on why what's our response in that are we willing to listen to him are we willing to actually get close to him to really get to know him and his heart and then to ask him what do you want me to do with this and then as he shows us act because he's waiting to partner with us he's waiting for us to actually to partner with him in what he's wanting to do so sadly i think we can as as believers in the church we can be very silent because we're actually perhaps not getting the relationship right with him in the first place that he desires and longs for but where they're not willing to then walk that out as well. A few weeks ago, Tan actually preached a great message on hearing God's voice. And I would really encourage you, if you missed that, to, to go back to it and listen to it. Or maybe if you did listen to it, go back and listen to it again. Because she spoke, um, based it on Samuel as a young boy, learning to hear the voice of God. And so this morning I don't want to go too much back over that but I do want to actually um, look at how we do hear God's voice because this is, this is where it starts. We need to be able to recognise our Father speaking. John fourteen twenty seven, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So how does a sheep know his father's voice? By being with the shepherd, the father, spending time with that shepherd. They will be attuned to hearing their shepherd's voice. It's the same with us. As we spend time with the Lord in his word, the best way to be getting to know him. As we're listening to his Holy Spirit... ...who is within us when we become believers... ...when we give our life to the Lord. We're given part of him, him, the Holy Spirit. So it's in prayer. But we need to be desiring that relationship with him. Not just coming to him because we want to hear what he wants to say... ...but actually because we want to be with him. And it's his spirit within us who teaches us... ...and who reminds us of what God has spoken. So he will bring things to mind in our daily living, through whether it's scripture, we need to to be listening to those things that are coming to mind. We need to be positioning ourselves to hear his voice. The more time we actually spend with him, as I said, in, in the word, in prayer, asking and listening to him, then actually walking out what he's saying, we will begin to to... ...to become more and more familiar with his voice. For me, I think the biggest thing in, in actually recognising who, who is, who's is his voice... ...is actually acting on what he's showing. Because he confirms. And then you get really excited and you go, I heard right. I heard right. Like, so it's actually, yeah, not just the spending the time in, the prayer, in prayer and reading... ...but it is actually walking it out as well. Being willing to, to act on those promptings. His voice can come as a spontaneous thought. You're doing something, you might be praying, or it, it might just be something that's dropped in, kind of comes like from nowhere, sort of thing. A scripture that might just come to mind, a picture or a vision, a sensing, just something that's stirring in your heart that you, it, and it, it kind of won't really go. And for some, not many, a very clear, audible voice. But we need to be testing if it's his voice as well. And the way we do that is by coming back to his word, to what he has given us and also his character, what we know of our father, what we know of our saviour. And then not doubting what we've heard. I think that's the biggest thing, is often... What, we've, what first comes into our mind generally will be what God is giving us, particularly when we've been praying and we've been asking him to speak. That will usually be his voice. But it's, it can very be, quickly be snatched away by us then starting to doubt and question and think, oh, maybe that was just me or, or whatever. Can you see what's happened? The focus has shifted back to me Instead of onto him from where we started, we were coming to him, we were asking him, Father, what do you want to say? And then responding in faith, as we said, walking it out. There was a time some many years ago where I was, um, I was just standing and I was ironing one day, one of my favourite jobs. <laughs> and and I can't really remember what... I think I was praying and I had some worship music going as I often do, to make it more enjoyable. And in that time, I just had this, this thought from nowhere. And it was a thought that God was actually speaking through. And in that, he was actually showing me that we were actually as a family going to enter into a period of change. I didn't quite understand it at the time. And admittedly, at the time, I kind of went, oh, was that God? Down the track, looking back, I recognised very clearly it was God because of what began to unfold after that. God called us out of a church that we'd been ministering in, not for any real reason other than, I want you to step out of the boat. God then took us through as a family for Jeremy um, a number of periods of unemployment. Through that time learning to trust in our Father, learning to lean more into him. He led us to change schools for our children as well. So there's a lot of big change going on in our lives. Not easy times by any means, but actually all part of his plan in preparing us for the next season. But in that, drawing us closer to his heart because he's a God of relationship. So that's just an example of a spontaneous kind of thought but God's speaking to me other times it's been as I've read as I've been reading his word and scripture will just he'll speak right into my heart into my situation and also in terms of seeking him for guidance preparing me for something he'll often speak through scripture so I wanted to share it in terms of more a personal from a personal aspect for us in learning to hear God's voice for ourselves because we need to be able to hear him ourselves before we can then go and share with others what we believe God is giving us as well. God also speaks to us through people and through our environment. Some years ago, actually yeah, quite a number of years ago, As a family, we would often go to the Road to Bethlehem, if some of you know of that. It's a production that was put on by uh, the Seventh-day Adventist Church each Christmas, and they would act out the Christmas um, story, very powerful, and was a ministry to the community. So we were there one year, and you walk through different scenes. They, They take you through different scenes of the... Uh, Of the story, and we got to the scene where the shepherds are with the sheep, and where the angel of God comes to them and proclaims, declares that Jesus the Messiah has been born. I'd been separated from the rest of the family, and I was standing sort of to the side, but in front of me was a father, and he had on his shoulders. I love this picture actually of the shepherd with the sheep, um, had on his shoulders his probably three-year-old son, I guess. Through the scene, all of a sudden, there's this boom of thunder and lightning when the angel appears to the shepherds and brings the message of the Messiah being born. And when that happened, this little one on his father's shoulders just cried out, Daddy, Daddy. You know, he was quite scared. The father's response for that, that, that child was... It's okay, I called him by his name. Remember, I'm underneath you. You're on my shoulders, I'm holding you. As I was actually um, recounting that story to my family driving home, in that moment, God was revealing to me, "That's, that's him, that's me. And that was actually the beginning of him preparing me for a new change too in terms of ministry. And the number of times where I've come back to that, where he's taken me back and he said, Kate, it's okay, you're on my shoulders and I'm holding you. I'm underneath you. Just like Deuteronomy thirty-three twenty-seven 27 says, his everlasting arms are underneath us. So what is prophecy? The Greek word for prophecy... ...is prophetia. I don't know if I've pronounced that correctly... ...but you get the gist. There's a couple of definitions there. These are just a couple. Um, there's probably plenty of others. Strong's interprets it as the gift of communicating... ...and enforcing revealed truth. The Vines Dictionary... ...the speaking forth of the mind and the counsel of God... ...declaring that which can't be known... ...by natural means. So prophecy is spirit prompted. And it's rooted in true revelation. God revealing something that was hidden. It's a message or revelation passed on... ...through words or sometimes just through action. It can be spontaneous and in the moment to share... Or it can actually come through revelation given beforehand and unfolds over a period of time. For example, a vision which in taking time to ponder and actually come before the Lord with, he gives understanding and then the message is then given or actioned out in his time. Prophecy is also seeing the treasure that God sees in someone. Seeing people with his eyes, with his heart and speaking into that can be sometimes just a word of encouragement that is prophetic as well. Sadly, we can shy away from prophecy, whether it be because of past negative experience or through simple misunderstanding. Maybe putting it out there as something for the elite, something for... Oh, someone who's more mature, more whatever, more gifted. God wants to speak through every single one of us, I believe. We can wrongly just associate prophecy with the prophets. But as I said, we can all be used by God to share his prophetic words and walk out his love. A prophet, I just want to touch on on, on this area of the prophet just to... Um, just give some clarity as well as we read in Ephesians 4 11 um, it's one of the fivefold ministries prophets today un- are unlike the Old Testament prophets who were very much independent they were one person whom God had appointed anointed called into to deliver his message ...to his people to bring back to himself. And it was often words of... uh, ...really quite strong words... uh, ...calling them to repentance... ...reminding them of God's holiness. They were God's mouthpieces in that time... ...God's ambassadors. Whereas today, prophets... ...as we read in that passage in Ephesians 4... ...they are part of a team. They don't operate on their own. They're accountable... And what they are delivering should be being confirmed with the other ministries as well. Because we've been given, the New Testament, we've been given the Holy Spirit. All of us as believers have his spirit within us, helping us to understand, confirming. Prophets, again, are called and anointed by God. They are set apart by God to a specific equipping ministry to raise up people into ministry. They're not bringing the word, they're bringing a word, as I said, which is confirmed through the working of the Holy Spirit within us and amongst the body. True prophecy starts with God. As we read in 2 Peter chapter 1, above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So again, prophecy flows out of relationship with God, with our Father. We look at Jesus' example. John chapter 8, verse 28 I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. John 5 verse 19, Jesus gave them this answer. I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. And as we read in John chapter 15 where God, where Jesus um, talks about the vine being Attached to the vine that is him and the father. Remaining and abiding in him for it's in this way that lasting fruit comes. So again, it's out of relationship with our father. True prophecy points people to Jesus. It's Christ-centered. Revelation chapter 19 verse 10 reads, this is John speaking, John being told by an angel to write what God has spoken. At this, I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, do not do it. I'm a fellow servant with you and with your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. In other words, the way Jesus lived and taught True prophecy is always redemptive. It's reflecting God's heart of love for a person and his plan for them. And it doesn't result in bondage, but it results in freedom. When we look at how Jesus ministered, I want to just um, look at this passage in John chapter 4 of the Samaritan woman at the well. And I've just asked Jeremy to read this for us.
4: So he, that is Jesus, came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I will give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir! Give me this water so that I won't be thirsty and have to keep coming out here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands and the man you, are now, you now have is not your husband. What you have said... Uh, What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming, and now has come, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, "'I know Messiah,' called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. And Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, am he. Just then, Jesus' disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with the woman. But no one asked, what do you want, or why are you talking to her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way towards him.
0: So, can you see from that story how Jesus reached out to that woman? He was just going about his everyday, he was thirsty, and this woman comes to him. He knew already everything about her. He, he knew her situation. He knew that she had an understanding of him. And he reaches out to her personally in love and truth, pointing her first and foremost to, to the Father and for his desire for her to know him. And it was from that place that he then reveals something that he knows of her. The fact that she actually had not just one husband, but she had five. So he it, it doesn't come from a place of condemnation or judgment. It's out of that place of love, of knowing her and of wanting so much for her to know him personally. Because she knew of him already. And that leads to her personally encountering the Messiah and sharing of this with the townspeople. Her response was not one of running away from him in the sense of shame but telling people, look, I've met somebody who knows me and who sees me and that's the heart of prophecy, not to condemn and not to judge but actually to love on them and to to bring them into a place of knowing and understanding that they are loved, that they are not condemned ...and that they don't need to walk in shame. I want to share a story which I think is a beautiful picture. Some years ago, as you're probably aware of the Cupcake Cupcake Ministry... ...which is a ministry going into the brothels here in... ...well, actually in Daniel, started up, I think, about... ...gosh, I've lost track of time, four or five years ago maybe... ...which is basically under the banner of the Salvation Army... But there were a number of us who God had already been stirring our hearts to be reaching out to these beautiful women in these places. And as we gathered over a period of time, it was actually many months, in prayer, prayer, coming before the Lord, asking him what he wanted to do in this area. Was he calling us to start stepping into this? What did he want it to look like? This whole pioneering, as I was thinking about it, I thought, yeah, this is pioneering, isn't it? Like what Joel was talking about last week. Listening to God in it and then walking that out. So it eventuated to God showing us some, how to put the ministry and how to set it up, basically. And he was showing us that it wasn't just about two visitors going into a brothel like what the typical Salvation Army model is, but actually covering it in prayer having people off-site in their homes praying for, over the visits when they took place, but also having people in the car as they sat. They sat in the car whilst the visitors would go in and they would be praying. It's a team. And so one part- it was in the early days where I was one of the visitors and preceding this visit, I think it was on the prior visit, um, one of our off-site prayers, as she was praying, God just started giving her a message ...for a woman. She didn't know who that one was. She didn't even know which brothel she was in. But God was just downloading a whole lot of um, a message from him and from his heart. And she came to me and she said, look, this is what in my praying God's given me. I've written it down as a letter and I don't know who it's for... ...but I believe it's for somebody who you're going to visit tonight in the brothels as i looked at the letter it was basically based on psalm 139 the god who knows the god who sees the god who loves the god who's pursuing relationship it was a beautiful letter beautiful letter very powerful so i had this letter and well as we gather as a team before we go out in prayer we i shared well we've got this letter we need to be praying about who this is for this is god's message this is god's word for somebody so, as we went out that night, we visited five brothels. We went to the first one and I think it was actually the first one that we went to. Yep, yeah. um, Tan and I were in the brothel and very quickly we developed a very great relationship with the receptionist and anyway, she, she loved to chat with us um, whenever we visited. We were often It was the brothel that we were often there the longest in and she started just sharing about this woman, this dear girl. Who, ...who was doing it pretty tough. And she just said, look, she's not actually out in the lounge tonight... ...where the women wait and talk together... ...and where we meet with them. But she's she's off in a room to the side... ...and um, she's she doesn't like to sort of be interacting much... Um, ...but she's got a lot going on. She shared a little bit, but yeah, we didn't know the full picture. Anyway, so we were... We were talking, and we got to talk with some other women. We went away. Tan and I remember coming back to the car and sort of talking and going, "Oh, it could be that one. Could be, yeah, that could be the one it's meant to be for." We moved on and prayed before each brothel we were going to. Lord, show us who it is. We got to the last one, and, and we came out of that, and we went, "I don't know." So we specifically pulled the car over and prayed. Lord, who is this word for? Who do you want this message to be given to? And as we prayed, immediately this one's name came to mind from the first brothel. And then as I shared that with Tan, she said, oh, yeah, I've actually got that brothel name that's come to mind. And then our prayers, our driver, Darren, and I think Cal, Cal was our prayer that night. Again, God was confirming yep okay let's go back there and in in my mind I'm going oh my goodness we're going to go back there are we actually even going to get in the door because we've come back again kind of thing Um, because it's not always an easy process to even get in the door but we land on the doorstep and the receptionist she just immediately flings the door like as wide as wide (laughs) oh what are you here for you come back again you've forgotten something she says instead of what are you here for kind of thing And I just, I think we just explained, look, we've we've just got something that we feel is for so and so to give to her. And instead of, I was thinking maybe I'd have to give it to her, she'd then pass it on. She says, I'll take you to her. So we actually got to meet this precious girl. She came out of the room and I just simply gave, we gave her the letter... And and we just sort of said, I think we said something about God just wants you to know that He loves you. That was all. That was all that He gave us to give. It was simple, nothing more. And then we I think we gave her a hug even from memory as well. Oh. And walked out. Our prayer has been since that day that she would still be holding that letter and that she would actually be believing. ...the words that God is speaking to her. So as you can see the journey that God took us on through that... ...it was about about listening, about listening to him. About taking what he'd given and acting on that... ...but asking him to show us who it was for. Because he knew, he gave those words to our prayer. He knew exactly... ...who that letter was for and what was going on in her life... ...and how she needed to know that he was for her... ...no matter how dire her circumstances were. True prophecy points... ...or prophets, the receivers. A prophetic message will always edify. It will encourage. It will comfort and it will guide... And through the Holy Spirit, it will bring conviction where that needs to take place as well. But again, it's not our place to judge. True prophecy confirms what God is already doing. It will bring clarity to someone in in what they're going through. It will empower them as well. It will encourage and it will bring unity. never divides if it divides you've got to question that I want to read Acts chapter 8 I've actually asked Hannah to read this passage again God using one of his people to go to someone right where they're at God's already at work but using someone to actually bring greater revelation and bring them into relationship with himself. And it's the story of Philip and the Ethiopian. So thank you, Hannah. Now an
2: angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, Queen of Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I? He said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading the passage of scripture. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus as they traveled along the road they came to some water and the eunuch said look here is some water why shouldn't I be baptized and he gave orders to stop the chariot then both Philip and the eunuch went down to the water and Philip baptized him when they came up out of the water the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again but went on his way rejoicing Philip however appeared at Azotus and travelled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea.
0: Thank you, Hannah. So God called Philip. He could see this eunuch in the chariot trying to understand this, this scripture but couldn't make sense of it, was having trouble. God spoke to Philip, told him to go, didn't exactly tell him where exactly or who give him a picture of who he's going to go to but gave him those directions that he needed to know that he needed to be willing to act on in faith and as he did so he meets the Ethiopian and he's able then to bring some understanding to the very place where this with this man was in, in his reading and to point him to salvation to point him to the saviour resulting in him being baptised so prophecy is partnering with God in what He's already doing and wanting to do. It's being aware of where He's positioned us, who's in front or beside us. Just like Melinda shared before, the person sitting beside. I remember one time um, some years ago where I was in the park with Asher as a little one playing. Just he was playing on some equipment, and in the distance, a woman had come over with her little one, and. In that moment, right in that moment, I looked at her and I think I said hi. But in that moment, God spoke very, gave me a very clear, I would describe it as very precise thoughts. And it was, you need to go and talk with this woman because she hasn't been very long in Australia. So I'm like, okay, all right. So I wandered over and I started talking and very soon into the conversation... She shares that she'd only been in Australia for six weeks and that actually she just lives, we worked out, she just lives six doors down from us as a family. So out of that, as a family, we were able to reach out to this one who was actually there with her cousin as well. They were all living in a house, very basic living, no fridge, none of, all of those things that we take for granted. Can you see what God does just in the everyday being willing to listen to him in what he's saying to us and then act in on that. And we're able to journey with that family for some time, help them out in a practical sense of getting them a fridge and just some basic things to help them in living, but also come alongside them with God's love and, and where, where he gave us the opportunity to share of him. So why desire to walk in that gift of prophecy? Again, because it communicates God's heart and his desire for relationship. He doesn't want anybody to perish. We read in, in 2 Peter 3 9, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. His heart is for everyone, and our heart should be for those who don't know him as well so just some principles in handling and receiving prophecy i'll work through these fairly swiftly because i'm mindful of time but in delivering a prophetic word firstly we need to be walking in god's holiness ourselves allowing him to search our hearts psalm 139 23 to 24 david's prayer search me O god and know my heart test and know my anxious thoughts See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Psalm 66, verse 18. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. You know, in coming this morning to prepare this word during the week, my heart was, Lord, search me. I don't want to stand up here as a hypocrite. I don't want to stand up here with stuff that I actually need to be working through. And he actually began to reveal some things to me this week that weren't easy that actually involved a relationship interestingly the very relationship that god has put in place to demonstrate his love my marriage i needed to actually do some repenting and go to my husband go to my father so it's searching our hearts ourselves making sure as we've heard this morning, having clean hands. It's been it's been committed to praying, praying with our Father, meditating on His Word because His Word is truth. Interestingly, my Bible's at my foot this morning because it's a bit heavy to put on the stand. But I just it's interesting. That's a picture. We need to be standing on His truth. His truth is our foundation. Yep. Yeah? So if we're not taking time to read His Word ourselves and ask him to help us understand it, we're missing out and we're going to find it hard to impart his truth and speak his truth into people's hearts. Humility, not coming out of a place of pride, of like I've got it all together, I've got the answers, but coming recognising who we are in, in God. Walking in boldness and obedience, not fear. And this is a big one, I think. We are um, often crippled by fear. Oh, I don't want to say something, I might get it wrong. That's often been my problem. I don't want to hurt somebody. Well, let me... God started to show me in that, that if I'm coming to him with a right heart, with a heart of wanting to actually bless, encourage, love upon people, speak his truth, then he will honour that and he will actually... ...give us what what we need to speak as well. We need to simply be willing to trust him in that... ...and act on that as well. I'm actually going to read that um, Romans 8, 15 to 16... ...because it's a powerful word. In remembering whose we are... ...for you did not receive a spirit... ...that makes you a slave again to fear... ...but you received the spirit of sonship... ...and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit... ...that we are God's children. Remember that, that illustration of that picture that God showed me... ...with the father and the child on his shoulders. That's us with our father. So not allowing fear to take hold. Being willing to trust him in that. And again, not making it about us. Because that's what fear does. It becomes about us and not about him. Being God-pleasers, not people-pleasers. Sometimes God might ask us to, to be delivering something that, you know, yeah, it, it, it might not be necessarily pleasing to people to hear, but, but again, it'll be the right word as we listen to God and as we give him control and, and allow, him, allow him to lead us in that as well, being obedient. Sensitivity and delivering a word. So this comes into that, that point about asking the Lord when to deliver a word too sometimes it it, it's very much well it is very much a case of timing you might get something but it might not be for right that moment asking the lord when is the right time is really important and how he wants you to deliver that as well being really sensitive to the person and and their situation remembering that it's his spirit that imparts and convicts as we said before it's not us it's his word we're the deliverer we're just the deliverer. We're not the fulfiller. We just simply bring what he gives us. He does the rest. We're not to see the fulfillment of that or the outworking of that necessarily. Sometimes we might over, over time. But remember, we're just the deliverer. And I think that brings freedom as well. Okay. Beware of distractions. There's so much going on that can pull us away from what God's asking us to do. In just some recent weeks I had something as I was out walking one day and I was praying and somebody's name came to mind and I was praying for them. And in that moment God gave me a scripture. So I came home I got my phone because I don't usually take my phone walking and I started to message this person with the scripture. Well, I realised a couple of weeks later I never sent it because I got distracted. I got caught up in busyness or something and I was actually meeting with that person, and I I recognized I never sent that word. And as I shared, I actually apologized to this person, and she went on to share, oh, "Wow, that was that was what was happening right at this time. That was so that would have been so good. So not not condemning, not sitting in that place of oh, I got it wrong. We're gonna we're gonna make mistakes. We're gonna miss opportunities. But." And God's a God of grace. That's what we need to remember in all of this as well, okay? But when we step into things and then we see God's confirming, wow, that blows us away, doesn't it, of who he is. We're reminded that he's a living God and he wants to join with us, his people, in speaking. We grow through our mistakes. So see our mistakes as opportunities to just get back up, try again. And that we're just, we're a link in God's plan. That passage in 1 Corinthians 3, verses 6 to 9, that talks about one plants, another waters, God grows. We're co workers, we're a team. So, what the word we might come, we might bring somebody, God will use somebody else to, to add to that word, to confirm it, to bring about his plan. So then just for the receiver, the person receiving, remembering that the deliverer of the message is flawed. We're all sinners. We're not perfect. So the message that's being delivered can be open to error. This is where our relationship with the Lord is so important. If we know our shepherd, if we're reading his word, if we're knowing his truth, we'll be able to quickly discern error. Always coming back to what God's saying to us too through his word and scripture. Testing it against what he's already spoken, what he's already doing. But in that, 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 to 21, do not put out the spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good. So there might be some stuff in something that's spoken that you go, oh, I don't know about that. God is actually encouraging us not to just wipe it out, not to just throw it out, but actually look for the good in it. Listen to what he's saying in that as well. 1 John 4.1 also speaks of testing the spirits because there are false prophets. We're warned of that. But again, as we're close to our father in relationship, we'll begin to be able to discern false words, false prophecy. And finally, trusting God for the fulfilment of a word and his timing in this. God allows the waiting times for fulfilment of prophecy to actually grow our faith, to actually grow us more in him and aligning our hearts with his will and his plan for us. And in that time, in the waiting time, when he's given us a word, I know for myself personally, when he's given me a word, to hold on to that word, so easy to let discouragement and despair creep in because of what we're seeing take place. He's a God who fulfils his promises. We just sang that before and... We need to be turning those times of perhaps where we're tempted to get discouraged and fearful or despairing into praise and prayer and declaration of what our God has spoken, believing that he will bring it about in his good and his perfect time. Many years ago, in my own praying with the Lord, the Lord spoke something to me in terms of him moving us into a spacious land. That took 12 years. That was late last year when we moved house. We actually had two people in, involved in prophetic ministry pray over Jeremy and I a few years ago earlier in Catalyst's journey. They had no idea what was going on, but they actually prayed into that and actually prayed against discouragement and despair because of what, something that God had spoken and that was, he was about to fulfil. But in that 12 years, God was actually aligning our hearts more with his because it was more than just about a house. There was a bigger picture at play and he needed to be working on our hearts to begin to align us more with what he was wanting to do because 12 years ago, what our thinking was was very different to now. So don't don't be discouraged or despairing. If you're going through a time at the moment where you're questioning what God has spoken to you, I'd encourage you. Stand on that word, keep praying, keep declaring what he's spoken because because he's a faithful God and he always brings to fruition what he has spoken in his timing that is always right and perfect. I did have a final slide. I'm just conscious of time and I really feel this next stage is quite important. It was along the lines of just principles for prophetic evangelism which... If you want to find out more, I've been really blessed in, in reading some material of Helen Calder, who's involved in prophetic ministry. But based, some basic points there, starting with prayer, praying, waiting on God for his revelation of who, who is wanting us perhaps to share with, to get alongside of, what he's already doing in their lives, what is he what is he's talking to them, positioning. So looking at who God has placed us beside and what he's doing in their lives. Power. So sometimes a person's needs, what they're going through at that particular time, provide us with an opportunity to actually pray and miracles can happen. I remember God sending me to a neighbour across the road. He just laid her name on my mind and I remember asking, well, what am I going to do? I'm just going to land on her doorstep. And then he started, as I asked him how to go about it, he started to show me how to do it. Go and get some flowers from the market when you go on Friday and then just go over. I'll tell you what to do. I'll show you what to do next. So I did that. As I landed on the doorstep, I didn't actually have to say much at all. She just immediately unfolded to me of what was going on in her life. She'd just been diagnosed with a massive tumour on her kidney. And in that time, I was able to actually pray with her and and journey a bit with her in relationship. Prophecy. God may provide... An opportunity to share a message or a word from him or give some prophetic direction as to what to speak or do. And proclamation, ju- at the right time, his timing, we c- might have the opportunity to share the gospel with them. So in closing, I really believe this morning God was wanting to remind every single one of us of how much he loves us. And that's come, and th- come through this morning in what's being prayed, in what's being sung, that his heart is so full of love for each and every one of us and he is passionate for you. Father, God is wanting us to partner with him in sharing his truth and his love to our neighbours because his desire is for intimate relationship with everyone. He doesn't want anyone to perish and He's calling... His people to arise. Now is the time. So who who has God positioned you with? Am I willing? Are you willing to listen to what He's wanting to say and to be a messenger of His love and to be a part of His plan in restoring people to Himself? So I'm just going to ask of us, Jeremy and Hannah and and Rachel if you could just hand out some pens and some slips of paper and I'm going to invite you just to take some time probably just a few minutes just to quietly sit before the Lord and I want you to actually ask him what he wants to say to you firstly and if you it'd be good to write that down I know they're only just little bits of paper I'm sorry they're not bigger you might have a journal with you but just to hear what he's wanting to say to you because that's It does start with us, what he's wanting to say with us often. And then when when you've asked that and you've written down or you're clear in your mind of what he's saying, then I'd like you to ask him who he's wanting you to be a messenger of love, of his love with. There might be a name that comes to mind. There might be a picture of someone who you don't even yet know. So as we do that... Before we do that, I'm actually just going to pray. And I'm actually going to pray a scripture, which is Ephesians based, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 to 19. So let's just pray. I invite you to pray with me. Father, I ask that you, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father may give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we might know you better. I pray also that the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened in order that we may know the hope to which you have called us, the riches of your glorious inheritance in the saints and your incomparably great power for us who believe. So still our minds now, Father. Quiet in our hearts. Thank you that you want to speak. We want to hear you now, Lord. And then not only that, we want to act on what you're saying. So thank you, Jesus. I pray God's been speaking to you this morning and maybe he's still speaking so I'd really encourage you to to, um, yeah, to go away from this morning being willing to sit and to listen to what he's saying further but if there are some things that you're, you're really wanting someone to pray with you into or perhaps you're you're just wanting to be encouraged in stepping more into speaking what god gives you being his messenger then i'd really encourage you this morning to to come forward to come over to the side i've asked some people to to be there to pray with people this morning because i really do believe that god has been speaking and not only that that he wants us to act on that too so the song we're going to sing now is Saviour King. Interestingly, when I was praying about this morning and what to be bringing, this was the song that God laid on my heart. And as I messaged Paul earlier in the week just to say, look, I'm sorry, this is probably a little late, but could we possibly sing this song? And he shot back a message to say, I love how God works. That song was on my list this morning. God confirming, yeah? Yeah. God, the one who is the beginning and the end, the one for whom everything starts, everything ends. So I just want to close with reading Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1, Hebrews 12, 1 to 2, and then we're going to enter into singing. And I really encourage you to think about the words. This is a really powerful song. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders
5: Let now the
6: weak say, I hear strength by the Spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead. Let now the poor stand and confess. Then my portion is here And I'm more than blessed Let now our hearts burn with a flame A fire-consuming all for your Son's holy name and with the heavens we declare, you are our King. We love you, alone. We worship you. You are our God you alone are good and now your church shine as your right that you soar in your heart as you offered up your life and now the lost be welcomed home by the saved and redeemed those adopted as your own Let now our hearts burn with flame, a flame of fire consuming all for your son holy name, then with the heavens we declare, you are our King. you are Lord, we love you Lord, we worship you, you are our God. You alone are good. You asked your son, you asked your son, to carry this, the heavy cross, I'll weight of sin. I love you, Lord i love you lord i worship you hope which was lost now stands renewed and I And now our hearts burn with a flame A fire consuming all for your son's holy name Let's sing it again And now our hearts burn with a flame A fire consuming all for your son's holy name And with the heavens we declare You are
5: our King.
6: We love you, Lord. We worship you. You are our God. You alone are. You asked your son to carry this. the heavy cross, I weight of sin, and I love you. I worship
5: you,
6: hope which was lost, now stands renewed, and I give my life. I What an amazing Sunday morning church. We're gonna to continue to pray and play and stuff like that. But if you uh wanna grab a coffee or if you wanna do something else, feel free to go and do that. Or, you know, you can stand around and keep praising or you can do whatever. Uh don't forget, open house at the Crotties this afternoon. Life, the darkest day in history. They run across the for sinners,
5: for every curse, his blood atoned.